Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Okay, our question this morning is, how do we have a better December and I have to tell you, Lisa is out there having a fabulous December because she went off to Disneyland and left me. But welcome to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, even though um, Lisa's out with Mickey Mouse. Uh, so let's get back to our question this morning, how do we have a better December? Which is actually quite comical that this is our topic this morning because I have been out of town I literally slid into the driveway um, last night and kind of feeling overwhelmed and uh, just slightly behind on my to-do list. So I'm going to dive right into this question with our first guest that we will be chatting with. She is a co-pastor with her husband at Edgewater Church on the north side of Chicago. She teaches, produces Sunday celebration services, disciples leaders, and has also pioneered several initiatives in the city, including a meetup.com group for new parents, a fundraising organization for Swift Elementary School, and an after-school club for middle school students. Well, in her free time, which I bet you she doesn't have a whole lot of that uh, during this season, but she loves to read and hang out with students have adventures in the city with her husband, Rich, and her daughter, Cherish. She is also a girlfriend in a dynamic network for church planners' wives called Bloom, and we just absolutely love Bloom. They provide inspiration, encouragement, and resources for planners' spouses so they can provide the same to their families, staff, and churches. 
So join us in welcoming our guest and girlfriend, Dory Gorman. Dory, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you today? I am doing fabulous, even though I don't know if you caught that this morning, just having having a crazy, crazy, crazy morning. I have to tell you, Dory, we were so excited to have you on as a guest, and we were going to be having um, Justin Bieber's mom on as a guest as well, and she, um, through all of the uh, time zone changes, because she's in California, they scheduled it on her time frame and through the emails. And I said, sure, that works. That's exactly what, you know, the time that we have the show. But um, we were just off an hour. So I just found out that um, she wasn't going to be on the show. I guess they have a new movie out with Bieber on December 25th and talking about his faith and um, how she, as a mother, obviously dealing with a hot, uh, rock star like Justin, how she deals with that. Um, but we also want to talk today uh, just how do we have a a better December? And um, I'm laughing because this morning, knowing that this would be the topic on the show, as I was scrambling uh, getting my daughter out to school, she came running into the kitchen and her backpack hit my cup of water and it spilled all over my new book, uh, a Better December <laughs> by Stephen Estes that's going to be another guest on our show. And so now it's soaking wet and it's hard for me to, to look through. So that has been my morning. And um, since I'm just whining, Dory, I will let you hit it <laughs> with how do you, uh, you know, as we, as we deal with being in ministry and, um, you know, especially in December, we have all these challenges uh, to to deal with how how do you have that great attitude and move forward in December and really focus on what the season truly is supposed to be about? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, first, I guess I feel like I should apologize in case listeners are tuning in hoping to hear Justin Bieber's mom. Although I think my daughter is a rock star. Uh, I don't think the world knows it yet. So, <laughs> um, but no, for me, funny. for this time of year, um, it, yeah, it is a crazy time of year, especially um, in ministry as a pastor, as the wife of a pastor. Um, it's a pretty crazy time of year. There are some things that, like our family, um, that we do to try to maybe uh, avoid or, or keep it from getting too crazy. Um, some of it even is just logistical, like we're pretty adamant on the day after Thanksgiving, that Friday or that Saturday, we go straight away and get our Christmas tree and decorate, and like it's not even December yet, and some people have like strong opinions about not doing that, but but that way, like even when December hits, our home is transformed into Christmas, and there's, uh, I mean, that's that's for me personally, that's like an enjoyable thing is decorating the house, but I know that can be a stressful, when are we going to do that, that kind of a thing. And so doing that before December even comes um, for us has been helpful. Another thing we have done too um, is, and this actually came at Exponential as a church planning conference. Um, it's in Orlando and now they have Exponential West in California. And several years ago, Bill and Lynn Hybels of Willow Creek 
uh, spoke and just gave some like family advice. And one of the things they, they said is as pastors and um, being in a family of pastors, they typically um, sort of choose to focus on different holidays for their family. And not that they don't do anything at Christmas, um, but they're kind of traditional, what most people would have, like a traditional Christmas meal. Uh, they actually do that on New Year's, because uh, New Year's isn't like a church holiday for the most part in most places. And so our family this year has sort of taken that advice. And so while we're here in Chicago, and my family all lives in Nashville, Tennessee, and my husband's family lives in Savannah, Georgia, uh, we'll be here uh, for Christmas because of all the church um, ministry and opportunities, but then the week after Christmas, at New Year's, New Year's Day, we're spending with our family, and most people have that time off, and so just kind of shifting uh, our mindset of we have to open gifts on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day and sort of making that adjustment has been a lot less stressful, um, even so much so for me this year that I'm actually, because we're not leaving um, till like the 29th, we're not leaving Chicago. And so I, I hate to confess this on the radio, but I'm actually waiting until after Christmas to buy my gifts for my family. Like I have my list, I'm ready, um, but I'm going to get those after Christmas sales. And so right now, when it comes to the majority of things that people are super stressed about at Christmas, I'm just not feeling it. I mean, there's a lot of ministry things going on and lots of parties and that kind of stuff. But in terms of gifts and preparing and wrapping and all that, it's sort of like, I'm going to do that after Christmas. So call me crazy, but that's one of the ways we're kind of preparing our hearts for really what is Jesus's birthday and not everything else. Yes, it's so easy to get away from the fact that we are celebrating Jesus. And I love those those tip stories. First of all, I have to say, I actually decorate my Christmas tree the day after Halloween. <laughs> and so this year, um, I took so much flack for the, from, you know, doing that with my friends. They were seriously, but I wasn't doing Thanksgiving here. And I'm with you. I would rather have it um, just completely done by it. And, and in December, you're enjoying that entire month of just celebrating the, the season. Um, I also love the fact that you just are creative in what your, um, what your days are, like doing that. You, you also save money when you know, okay, this is what I'm doing after Christmas and we can, uh, you know, celebrate it just on a different day. And I think just even a tip, I just read that 80% of pastors believe that because of what goes on in Christmas time, that the ministry actually affects their family negatively. And I think if you just change your mind Mm. that, that's a great idea, then you're not feeling that way. Because you are feeling stressed, like, I'm not here for my kid because I'm so actively involved in, in getting all the productions going, you know, on at the church. So even a tip is to encourage your pastors. And for those that are listening that are just, you know, they mm. might be ministry leaders, but make sure we're letting them know how much we appreciate them during during this season. Well, we have one minute, Dory, before we go into a commercial break. Uh, so what would be, you know, one more thing that you could su- suggest for people to kind of lower that overwhelming emotion here during this month of December? 
Um, yeah, I think too, just in terms of like Christmas Eve services and things, not, um, the most memorable Christmas Eve services to me were actually quite simple. Um, is candlelight, singing, maybe communion, um, just really simple. And so even for pastors and as well as for like a congregation to not, you know, every year it's like you've got to one up or you've got to make it even bigger and better. Um, but actually being just pretty simplistic and remembering the birth of Christ in a really, really simple way. Uh, we're doing a candlelight service actually outside, so it's going to be short because there's snow on the ground. That, so that like is a awesome minute story. Kind of and we, we are going service, into so, a commercial yeah. break, so we will be right back Great. with our special guest, Dory Gorman. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Join us every Monday at 10 a.m. Central for the Johnny Rowland News, Guns, and Motorsports radio show with commentary about current events, guns, shooting, and firearms issues, automotive and motorsports features, and special music presentations. Johnny is recognized as an international firearms authority and ballistic engineer, as well as an accomplished and widely recognized automotive designer and longtime TV and radio host. This program draws on Johnny's experience in shooting, motorsports, and as a professional entertainer musician. Don't miss Johnny Roland News, Guns, and Motorsports. Infotainment at its best. Trust us on this one. It's a fun show. Every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to Girlfriend It Radio. We are talking with our guest, Dory Gorman, uh, who co-pastors with her hubby um, at church, and she does all kinds of fabulous things. And I, I love, Dory, just the tips that you were talking about, uh, how to make this a better December, and uh, really focusing on the reason why we're, we're celebrating Christmas. But I want to ask you a few things that you're doing um, through meetup.com. And have you also used meetup.com for uh, Christmas um, scenario, you know, because you're, you're meeting uh, at meetup.com, which tell us a little bit about how you use that, because anytime we can learn how to use the, the Internet and get um, gather people, 
in a unique, a unique way from the community is a great tip. But are you using that at all through December? Yeah, so um, if you're not familiar with meetup.com, it's basically groups. Um, if you're looking for any type of affinity group, like a book club or a chess club or anything like that, you can go to meetup.com, and if it's in your area, which mostly it's in every big city, um, you can search and just find things. So it started for me somewhat practically when we had our daughter, uh, Karis. I was looking for other, like, either mom's groups or just kind of new parents groups in, in the city. And there were lots of them on meetup.com, but almost all of them were more central to the city, like downtown in the loop. And we're about uh, 10 miles from the loop, which doesn't sound far, but in the city that can be a bit of a drive. So I actually just kind of decided, you know, let's just start one in our neighborhood. Um, so I started a I started out as an Edgewater New Moms group, and then we kind of changed it to new parents as we have many dads in our neighborhood that maybe stay at home, and so we just sort of opened it up to any anybody who's, I guess, basically the primary caregiver. And so, um, yeah, that, it sort of took off, and I didn't realize it. Online, we have about 130, uh, maybe even more than that now, members online. And so what we do is any member can, can sort of, go on and say, hey, I want to host a play date or um, an activity or something that's going on in the neighborhood, want to make you aware of it, and then you can sort of RSVP, like, yes, you're going to come, and just kind of build community. Um, so throughout the month of December, how we're utilizing meetup.com is, um, actually this year I haven't had to do as much because now that it's sort of up and going, a lot of other parents are, are doing things. So several have posted events. Um, for those who are Christians, they've posted stuff going on at their church. Um, we have the, the Chicago train, CTA Christmas train. You can catch, um, they transform one of the trains. It's like a sleigh you ride, kind of, you Aww. can go on. And so several of us are going to meet at the train station and ride that together with our kids. Um, so, yeah, we've been utilizing it throughout Christmas, basically just to let people know of things going on in the city. Uh Last year, I had a Christmas party here at my house, and actually, we paid to have Santa come to the house. And uh, some of the stuff we do is more kind of open to people of all faiths, um, and so it's not necessarily just for people who, who are Christians. But then some of the stuff too is like if there's an event going on at our church, then then everyone's invited to come to that as well. So we sort of have a variety of things so that everyone can be a part of it. Okay, that is such a great idea, and it's such a great tip, because so many times we get where we just have our fingers in just with what's going on at church, and that is such a great outreach to go outside of the church walls, get into the community, and many times people will look at using, you know, meetup.com or, or another um, online way of, you know, gathering people and go, well, why are you doing that? You're kind of going away from the activities that are taking place at church. So explain how you answer that when, when people are curious as to why you're doing, it's almost like you're competing against the church from some people's perspective. So how do you explain um, that? Yeah, I mean, I guess some of our church's kind of philosophy is that church actually, you know, the original meaning of church is, is people. It's a gathering. It's, it's people. And so when I'm doing meetup.com, that is a church event because 
because the several, you know, moms in the group that are a part of our church, like we church, are bringing the church to others, um, as opposed to just saying, you know, the church is a building and you have to come into our building for it to count. Um, we, the people, church, go out to where others are. And so to me, it, it goes hand in hand um, with what we're doing. And honestly, of those like 130 or so members on meetup.com, like we had a sort of a Christian Bible study and only like five are a part of that. And so we really, the five of us kind of see ourselves as missionaries to this meetup group. Um, and so some of these moms and dads, like they would never step foot in, in a church building or at least not, not right now in their life. Um, but if we can sort of bust stereotypes maybe that they might have of Christians, or maybe negative ones, if we can sort of be, be the exception. Um, a lot of times we say, I feel like sometimes my primary goal is just to fascinate people. Be like, oh, you're, wow, you're a Christian. <laughs> I didn't expect that. And, and that's exactly. our hope. And so through that is to see people come to know Christ. So the, the last thing I see this as is competing with church. I actually see it's an avenue for people to get introduced to church for the first time. Mm-hmm. And that is such a fabulous philosophy, especially, you know, even through the, the holidays and this Christmas season where I've even seen where some someone was using the, the meetup.com to uh, they were renting a trolley and they were going through all of downtown and just enjoying the Christmas lights and they everybody that was invited mm-hmm. they had to wear something you know red and green and uh, I just think using mm-hmm. these tools that are out there and these resources are it's such a fabulous idea because exactly what you said then they have this incredible time with a bunch of believers and go, okay, wow, this isn't so bad. And I, they're, yeah. they're okay to hang out with. And then you befriend them. We always have that philosophy that you befriend others, and then you get them to where they feel like they belong. Then they come into the church walls, and um, they start believing, and then they become. And then they go out and do the same thing, become disciples for the Lord. So great philosophy, and I really think that many people are waking up to that. You know, we can't just stay inside the church walls. We have to become an exterior church and, and go outside. So, okay, I have to say on a side note, you have a daughter named Karis, which I believe I really messed that up when I was introducing you, but my daughter is Paris, and uh, so it's just funny that you have oh. free information for you to know. Um, yeah. So how old yeah, is Karis? No, it's good to know. It's a Greek word for grace, so that's where that comes from. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay, so how old is she? And you do a lot in middle school, so is she at that age? No, not at all. So she is two years old. She just turned two in November. Um, so previously, before moving to Chicago, I was a youth pastor for about seven years. So that's where, that's sort of my passion, especially... Um, I'm one of those weirdos that loves middle school students. But no, our um, church, we actually worship in a um, a school that's kindergarten through eighth grade. And uh, as our church was starting out, um, you know, my passion's for students, and we didn't have any students. We're like, we didn't have that age group. Um, we had parents coming that had children, but none that had youth. And so we just started to dream of what would it look like 
you know, again, we don't have students coming to our church on Sundays, but what if we, the church, went to them um, Monday through Friday while they're at school? And so, yeah, we we basically, I just started eating lunch and going to recess with the middle school students, um, and then through that started a once-a-week after-school club um, and have been doing that for the past year. And that is for students of all faith. It's just me as a pastor. They know I'm a Christian, but the actual club itself isn't. Um, uh, we're not like teaching about Jesus or anything like that. Um, but to be a part of the club, they sign a permission slip saying that um, their parents sign a form saying that they, they give permission for their student to be invited to other events. And so that is how now we have begun, after about a year of doing this, um, we've started to have um, more typical youth ministry, like midweek services and events. Um, we actually just had our first one uh, this past Sunday night, and we had 24 students. And 20 of those students have never been to church in their life. Uh, so wow. it's a pretty exciting thing for us. So yeah, it's basically how do you start a youth ministry when you don't have youth coming to church? And so how do you go to them? And the school has been incredibly open to all that we're doing, so it's been great. So I have to to ask you, and we, we just have two minutes before we go into our commercial break, but do you is it a, a hot movie there to watch Elf if you're in your junior high during the, the Christmas season? Because I am so tired of this movie. <laughs> but sure enough, tomorrow night, that is what we're doing. We're all going and watching Elf. Is that is that the same in your culture there? Is that the big hit movie that you have to watch for junior high? Yeah, and I have to be honest, it's not just junior high. Our, our church is made up of some younger, like, mid-20s, early 30s, and that's probably almost everybody's favorite Christmas movie. So, yeah, I'm I'm not quite... I I do pretty good to not let myself watch it too much, so I'm not sick of it yet. Um, but I imagine <laughs> if you've seen it a lot, that could happen. Okay, so are you doing the wear an ugly sweater, you have to come watch Elf? Is it, is it the same the same party <laughs> all the way in Chicago that's taking place uh, in Arizona? Uh, yeah, it happens in different shapes and forms. So we already we watched Elf actually the day after Thanksgiving. That was our okay. Christmas is here, and we had a group over and, and watched Elf. Uh, we're, we're getting all of our leaders together this Saturday for a big kind of celebration of what God has done this year, and it'll be a ugly Christmas sweater brunch. Um, so yeah, we're just doing it in not all at once, but in bits and spurts here and there and over there. Okay, we, we only have a, a minute left, but I have a funny story, because Saturday night I have my ugly sweater Christmas party, and my girlfriend uh, thought, oh, I don't have an ugly sweater, I'm going to borrow one from my mom, and so when she asked her mom if she could borrow a sweater, her mom turned around and went and bought her an ugly sweater, thinking, I mean, thinking it was a cool sweater, because she thought, oh, honey, that sweater's way too big on you, you're a small, so she went out and bought her <laughs> sweater, so it's just We'll do. But we are going into our commercial break. Thank you so much, Dory Gorman, uh, for being on our show today and all of your tips and trips, tricks on how to make this a better December. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Do you ever feel like you're the invisible woman? Too polite to be political? Too nice to be real? Tame, even though you really want to be unleashed? Like you're living in a fairy tale without the happy ending? Well, Cinderella has left the ball, and it's time to wake up and break up with our own self-imposed glass slippers and ceilings. Welcome to Le Chic Speak, the polite woman's guide to self-expression, with your host, Jen Duchenne. Le Chic Speak is the Woohoo Radio Network's resident radio show dedicated to helping women turn on their power and turn up the volume of their voices so you can be seen, heard, appreciated, and celebrated. Join us on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time for your weekly dose of Le Chic Speak with your host, Jen Duchenne, only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to Girlfriend Get Radio. And we are going to be talking with our next guest, Steve Estes, who is the pastor and author of the, well, he's not the pastor of this book, but he is a pastor and he is the author of this book, A Better December. And Steve has found a wealth of practical advice from King Solomon to help with the typical holiday issues, such as materialism, stress, and loneliness. Solomon wrote his blockbuster Proverbs to help future readers navigate uh, December. So I just love all that, the, the verbiage that you use there. So uh, welcome, Steve. I can't wait to um, talk a little bit more about this um, with how you get the information to help us through navigate through December by using what Solomon wrote. <laughs> well, thank you, Patty. I never thought I'd be on a show called Girlfriended. I, I hope it works. <laughs> nice to be here. It really does. You you are our new girlfriend for today, Steve. So how <laughs> exciting, huh? <laughs> well, well, what can I say? Yeah, yeah. Well, you um, you mention in your book that the connection between Solomon and Christmas is tongue in cheek, and people know about Solomon's wisdom, but do they know about his savvy market research? Which that just cracks me uh-huh. up. Where where did you get the, these terms, and what made you go into thought, the, the wisdom of Solomon to compare that to the Christmas holidays? 
Oh, Patty, I, I know some of our listeners are having trouble picturing Solomon in a green and red sweater. I realize that. He, he lived almost <laughs> a thousand years B.C., you know? And here's what happened to me. I, I've been a pastor of a church in a little town about an hour west of Philadelphia for over 26 years. And every Christmas Eve, I see happy families walking into the Christmas Eve service. Maybe one of their kids has just driven in from college. Or maybe one of their cousins has just flown in from out of state. So they walk in happy. They leave that same service together. You know they're going home to have some eggnog and to open some presents. But at that same service, there are people who walk in totally alone and who leave that service totally alone. Those folks started to really haunt me. And so I began reading the Bible with the question in mind, what does the Bible say not only about the core message of Christmas, that is the birth of Jesus, which of course is what everything springs from. But what does the Bible say about how to do December when I'm stressed out, frazzled, or really lonely? And I found that Solomon's Proverbs, it was like he was born in the 21st century. He was in my living room in December. He saw what goes on in my house, and I thought, this guy really nails it for Christmas, even though he lived so long ago. That is that is such a good point, Steve. You have, and especially with social media, it it even magnifies the loneliness for so many uh, you know individuals that are out there, and they're only seeing the highlights of what everybody's doing during the holidays. And uh, I know Lisa and I were laughing because she's actually in Disneyland today, and they her whole entire family is wearing matching you know Christmas T-shirts or you know Dis- you know Mickey uh-huh. Mouse. And uh, I was like, oh, no, you've become that family. (laughs) You know, it's awesome that you have family. But, yes, other people see that and it magnifies what they're missing and just the the loneliness that that is there. Sure. So how how do we change that? I'm sorry, go ahead. No. Well, no, I was going to elaborate on that. You know, Solomon says that um, even laughter, the heart may ache. Uh, And I try to summarize that in this little book, A Better December, which summarizes what Solomon said. Um, He means that you could be at the Christmas party and smiling and putting on a good face like everyone else, but your heart may be breaking because your husband took off six months ago uh, with some other woman. Or you lost a child to leukemia several years ago, and Christmas just doesn't feel like it anymore. So Solomon, um, well, he, he gets at it through the back door, Patty. He doesn't come at you right through the front door. He has advice for people who are lonely and suffering that you're kind of not expecting. Let me give you an example of that, okay? Um, Solomon says, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And I think he's talking about things like, if you say to your kids one night, kids, you may not like this, but go with me. We're going to go across the street, and we're going to ring the doorbell of that single mom. And we're going to give her a plate of cookies, and we're going to give her either a little New Testament or a little book like A Better December or some kind of spiritual work like that and show love to her. That you might not remember what you get for Christmas five years from now, but you're going to remember that experience. Or, kids, let's go to the hospital next Thursday night. Let's stop at the nurse's station and ask them, is there anyone on this floor who never gets a visit, and then go to that room, and if you can get past the nurses, give that person a plate of cookies, 
sit down and ask his or her story. If your kids are teenagers and one plays a guitar, sing a few carols and then offer to pray with them. 20 years from now, your kids won't remember most of what happened at Christmas, but I tell you, they will remember that. And when a person feels lonely at Christmas, to think about other people in even more discouraging situations than they, and to reach out to them, I tell you, it's one of the primary ways that God uses to get you through December with joy, even though you're hurting yourself. Mm. Isn't that the truth? And I love, Steve, how you talk about bringing cookies and um, truly having the heart there in, in doing that. I know um, this, is, this isn't a, a good story, what took place in one time. I thought it would be so fun with my kids that um, a couple of the neighbors, we would do 12 days of Christmas and we would count down and give them each a piece of the nativity scene. And then on Christmas Day, they would get oh. in the manger. And as believers, yeah. it's like, oh, that's such a neat idea. Well, it was interesting because one of the, the children that um, from the neighborhood told my daughter, yeah, my mom says we're just another project for some Christian in the neighborhood. <laughs> and oh, I thought, oh, okay, that hurts, doesn't we it? need to be cognizant of that, though, that it doesn't always have to be something that is focused on um, on Jesus, like telling the story. It's it, it, Now we live in America where people understand the story of Jesus. Sometimes that first initial touch is the, the, the plate of cookies or just a gift just to go, you know what, I care about you, and I truly love you. And we don't always have to have it be... Um, Anything that can face. make them feel like they are the project, and I and I think that's something that we need that paradigm shift to just truly do it out of love because it made me kind of have that focus. Yeah, why, why am I doing this? Am I doing it because yeah. it's just that next to do list, or am I truly doing it because I absolutely love my neighbors? So great, yeah. great tip. Yeah, yeah. Solomon says, uh, for instance, that better is a neighbor nearby than a brother far away. And uh, I thought a lot about people. I I live in Pennsylvania. It's hilly where we live. And I've known people who have moved here from Midwestern states, like Iowa, let's say. And they miss a a flat land where you can see the horizon and see storms coming 40 miles away and see the big sky. And at Christmas time, those people may smile and wave as they drive by. But if they don't have relatives around, they miss cornfields, and they miss people whose last names you know go with Iowa. So to have people in your house, just have dinner with them or have a plate of cookies with them and give them some hot chocolate and spend a little time with them. You're right. You don't have to stuff John 3.16 down them every time you're together, even if just a small acknowledgement that you're a Christian, like if you ask if if they would mind if you thank God before you ate briefly. It builds a bridge, and it lets them know that Jesus Christ is not only a spiritual being, but he has flesh and bones, and that is he has your flesh and your bones at Christmas reaching out to them. Yes. Well, on that note of, like you said, you don't have to, you know, shove John 3.16 down their throat or anything, and just even that, you know, breaking bread together, I think it's so significant. And I'm I'm going to switch gears just a little bit um, because mm-hmm. in of just like throwing scripture at others in your book, uh, Johnny Erickson Tata, who I absolutely love. When I was 
um, a teenager, my mom gave me her book, and it really was one of those that had such an impact. And um, now I just realized we have a three, three minutes before we go into commercial break, but she shares how when she was 18 and she broke her neck in a diving accident and became paralyzed that many people would quote scripture to her for comfort. But instead of comforting her, it was frightening and, and, and it seems out of touch with her pain because we have a tendency to do that. We go, oh, I know God's word is sharper than any two-edged sword, so I'm going to throw it at you and that's going to just pow, you know, hit you where you need it. And and just, you know, a lot of people feel that way where it's like, I'm, I don't really want the scripture right now. I just want you. I want your words and your, and your love. And you did that. You came along and... Um, you just have an, an art of, as, as she says, uh, making the Bible fresh and for tan, and you have a way of pulling the ancient words and placing them in the middle of everything current and contemporary. And uh, I just have to say, what a gift that God has given you. And we're going to just have, we have two minutes before we go into the break, but did something take place in your life that has given you the capacity to relate? this way to others to where you're not just shoving scripture down their throat? I mean, how, what has happened in your life to make you become more passionate, obviously, about God's Word, because then you can share it in that light? My goodness, Patty, what an interesting question. First, I just need to add, put in a disqualifier. When I met Johnny, I was 16, the summer before I turned 17, and I was probably as unskilled and a babe in the woods at helping somebody as you could be. I don't want to give the impression that you need to have a certain big-time skill set or all this preparation to do this. I had parents who had no Christian background growing up, but when they became believers in adulthood, they just stumbled their way through trying to have devotions with us. And my dad was endlessly giving rides to widows or, or inviting homeless people into our house for dinner or, or fixing someone's car and just watching his early, fledgling, stumbling, but sincere attempts to show love to people, and then graciously relate that love to Jesus Christ in some way. That gave me the courage to walk into Johnny's living room when we were introduced. And when she said to me, Steve, do you think God has anything to do with my accident? It gave me the courage to swallow hard and instead of just be mealy-mouthed, to say what I knew the Bible said, that is that God has everything to do with everything that happens in your life. And Johnny, I don't know the reason why, but if you'll trust him, you'll find it. And if not in this life, you'll find and it in the life And on that note, Steve, I'm going to have to interrupt you because we're going to take a quick break, and we will Great. be right back. Stay tuned. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. 
Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Familia, faith, identity, tradición. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramática. So how do you coexist between the old school ways of la abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself? Without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoto, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for mas. Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values, to religion to, you guessed it, relationships and men. As Chief Everything Officer at the Wow Factor, Francesca is passionate about showing women of all cultures, ages, and lifestyles how to rock what they've got with style, sass, and smarts. Be sure to join her every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Living Latina, only on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, where we are talking with Steve Estes, who is a conference speaker, pastor, and author of the book, A Better December. And Steve, he, we've also, um, you are our token girlfriend for the day, too. So we're having a great time um, talking with you. And we went into the commercial break just talking how you were able to share with Johnny Erickson and how when you're just speaking from your heart, that is the, the best way um, just to, to be there for others and be it because they're dealing with some medical issues or perhaps like you had mentioned um, you know, their their husband has just left them, which I have to tell you, this is happening to one of my very, very close friends. Um, that's the season that they're going through where they just dealt with a divorce. And um, I actually did give um, her a Christmas gift to put into her house. And she's at that point where she doesn't even want Christmas decorations. Mm. So... This is a difficult time for, for many and another girlfriend who just found out that she had cancer. And that's what you're suggesting is to really focus and um, not have Christmas be about us, but really, as we should every season and every month, turn it around and have it be um, to share with others. What are some other um, just tips and suggestions that you have in sharing this, this season? Yes. Well, it seems to me, Patty, that in God's paradoxical way, which of course he's very mysterious, God uses the sadness of Christmas as, in my opinion, the biggest open door all year for Christians to be used by him to reach out to people um, who are hurting and need to hear about Jesus, but maybe wouldn't be open to him 
at another time of year. For instance, Solomon, writing about Christmas, said, heartache crushes the spirit. And a crushed spirit, who can bear? So you have a neighbor next to you that you have heard. Well, you've seen that um, you know, the, the husband hasn't been around. His car has been gone for three weeks now, four weeks. Something looks wrong. You don't know what to do. You don't want to go over there and make a scene and be awkward. But Christians take risks when people are potentially hurting near them. And so to go over there and to try to reach out in some way, even if you stumble, even if you say the wrong thing, even if you invite them over for cookies and they say no the first time and so forth, what happens is because of their hurt, God is eventually, usually, going to open their door to someone who reaches out to them. And even if your attempts are, as I say, bungling, or you have very little money yourself and so your little plate of cookies is pathetically small, Solomon says, he who is full loathes honey. But to the hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. Meaning, even if you have the tiniest little bit of love or help to offer somebody, if they're really hurting, it will taste sweet to them. And God will use the most unskilled, unlikely person, as he did with me when I was with Johnny, because I was nobody, to reach out to somebody who's aching. And it has the potential to fill your cup at Christmas more than anything you've ever gotten. My kids are in their late 20s now and early 30s, but they remember year after year going to a hospital and Christmas caroling room to room with us, with people who were young men who, you know, six weeks earlier were zipping around in cars and motorcycles and are now lying there paralyzed, or stroke victims who can't move. And as my kids would hand them a little ornament, and one of us had a guitar and we'd sing some carols, and we'd listen to these people's stories. This has changed our kids permanently and it's made them love to reach out at Christmas. I think it's what's in store for you as you get Solomon's wisdom for how to do December. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I agree. Growing up, there are six kids in my family, and my dad would have us go mm. to the restaurants, and we would, we you know, we joked that we were the Von Trapp family, but we would go, and, <laughs> and, and I thought it was beautiful. I'm sure we were way off key. But um, I just remember my That's part my of what made it beautiful, Patty. Not... That's part of what made it beautiful. I'm... <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I just remember that do not take the candy that they give you because, you know, they would pull candy out of their pocket, you know, little Tootsie Rolls that have probably <laughs> you know, been there for a while. And I, I remember feeling so guilty because I would take it and I would hide it and then I would eat it later, very deceitful on my part. Um, <laughs> but it's hard to not take candy when you're a child. and uh, But now I look back at that, and all six of us kids that just, we loved Jesus. We didn't have these big, huge, rebellious, you know, the era in, in our life. And I believe that it, it, it comes down to that, that that's exactly how God intended was for, like you said, um, to go out, and when, it's, when you're serving others, it's huge. Jesus just is alive rather than just hearing about Jesus. You're, you're being Jesus with skin on and, and going out there. Well, Steve, you also, I want to talk about, you have in your book a story of perfectionism. And I think for women, this is huge, especially during the holidays when we're hosting parties and we want everything perfect. And there's, there's in one way, you, you do want to do things with excellence, but on the other hand... Mm -hmm. Perfectionism is a little different than doing things with, with excellence. So share a little bit sure. about that. 
Yeah, yeah, okay. My, <clears throat> um, Patty, my wife, when she was young, her parents were Amish. Horse and buggies, black clothes, uh, suspenders, bonnets, the whole postcard, you know? Later, they became Christian believers, and they left the Amish church for a more evangelical church where they would hear the Bible a little more frequently. But they maintained the farming life. And so my wife grew up with this hard work, sweep the porch ethic that only the Amish can give. And she's a very practical woman. One Christmas, though, she decided to get exotic. I think just to help me, because I grew up in the city and I had these days of your, uh, you know, Christmas experiences that I thought were great. So she, so she got um, a recipe book that had glossy photos of these perfect desserts that are going to make, you know, Norman Rockwell want to come to your house and paint your family's Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> Christmas dinner. And, and, and when she brought it out to great fanfare and, and candlelight, and we have eight kids, our kids were around the table, you know what I mean? And, and we all took the first bite of this um, dessert. Everybody was just quiet. You know, it, it tasted something like, I don't know, crushed gravel mixed in with toothpaste and topped with rancid peanut butter or something, you know. And finally, somebody just couldn't hold it in, and they burst out laughing. People started slapping the table and hooting and hollering. And my wife just kind of smiled meekly and, and whisked the offending dessert to exile into the kitchen. And and we learned something that year. You know, it, it felt like the carols that were playing on the record player at the time were straying off key. And I really expected that Mr. Courier and I would be marched out to the backyard and blindfolded and shot any second, you know, because Christmas had been ruined and gone down in flames. And yet what happened is that reminded us, it reminded us that, that as Solomon says, you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. And I take it what he means for Christmas is, you know, occasionally God is going to let the turkey burn. Or he's going to let your sons leave from the military that he said he will be home for Christmas, get canceled last minute, as happens from time to time. Or something else will go wrong so that the perfect snow globe shaken Christmas isn't going to happen because he loves you. And he wants to keep your focus more on the real holiday in the next life then on this one here, he wants you to have a good Christmas, but some years it's going to disappoint you because he wants to remind you heaven is where the real joy comes from. Enjoy his gifts here, but don't focus on them too much. Something far better is coming. Keep your heart and mind in heaven. That is truly, well, first of all, um, we're, we're talking here behind your back that you are a great storyteller, Steve. <laughs> I could just sit here and just uh. listen. It's like, tell us more. Oh, thank you. But we have three minutes left until um, we uh, yes. end the show. And I have to say, Steve, that to keep that in mind, that eternity is what we're supposed to be focusing on. And I know just personally, I've had a holiday like that where I've prayed that the relationships will just be glued together and this will just be a fabulous, like as you say, a snow globe um, holiday. And lo and behold, everything just kind of crushed, you know, just even some arguments Mm -hmm. that took place. And then you're laying in bed that night going, okay, God, I don't know why that happened when I was, it was so prayed up. And to remember that there's a bigger picture here. It's not always the way we see it. And um, maybe, you know, we won't know until we get um, to heaven 
as to why God allowed those things um, to take place. But we just have two minutes, and um, I want our listeners to know exactly how to find you and to learn more about your heartbeat and, and your book. So will you go ahead and share that um, with our listeners, because I want them sure, to run sure. out and book A Better December. Sure. Uh, my name is Steve Estes, E-S-T-E-S. So my website is steveestes.net. SteveEstes.net, and I don't know if my life is interesting enough to say very much about it, but there you can certainly find how to get the book. New Growth Press is the publisher, New Growth Press, and they're, they are usually the ones that have it because it's been selling out a lot, Patty, not because of my writing style has been anything special, but because um, the stories in that book about what Jesus does for people, they're true stories, and, and I was moved to observe them, so I was moved to write them as well. Um, I, I want to say for your listeners that I wrote this book largely for Christians to give this tiny little book to their friends and relatives who are not yet believers because it comes through the back door. I don't think I mentioned the name Jesus until 80% of the way through the book, Patty. Instead, I give little stories and anecdotes about how people got through Christmas using Solomon's wisdom, and it just slowly gives the gospel because I wanted a book that would be winsome to people who are not ready for a sort of frontal assault of the gospel. A Better December, Proverbs to Brighten Christmas, that's why I wrote that little book that summarizes the wisdom of Solomon. Well, I, I'm reading through it, and I have to tell you, it was very sad. I started out um, the show today talking about I had your book on my kitchen counter, and my daughter ran in, and her backpack hit the water, and it spilled on it, and I was like, no! Oh. And, um, but I'm, I'm just watching it. So we have to go. I have to say thank you so much, Steve, for being on our show today. Go have a genuine, purposeful, and peaceful holiday that we all long for. Thank you, and we'll talk to you next week. Patty, I love being on your show. Thank you for letting me be a girlfriend for the day, all right? Yeah. <laughs> thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It. The show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's 